Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. Ian, I know we've got a lot to talk about with the Denver Broncos winning against the New York Jets on Thursday Night Football. But I think the most important thing that really comes from this game is the fact that one of us predicted the final score for the Denver Broncos in this game at 37. And while uh, one of us was ridiculed mercilessly by many, many, many people on Twitter, uh, it is fair to say that um, nailed it. Nailed it. You did. And while I didn't give you an honorable mention in the winners and losers piece on Mile High Report, I'll give you a shout out now because you called it. And you still called it, even though Brett Rippon threw three picks and one pick six. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's, I think that was the point, though, right? Like, that was kind of my thought process was that both teams are so bad, they're going to make so many mistakes that how do you not just score a ton of points with that many mistakes? I, I, and I think I was I was pretty close on that. I, I felt pretty good. I, I, missed, I missed the Jets by six points. What are you going to do? You can't always be perfect. But as we said coming into the game, when you get two bad teams together, you usually get 
a good football game. Now, there's a debate whether or not it was a good football game. Good is relative, right? I, I would I would say that the outcome is better than another loss unless you're on the the tank for Trevor tank. I just felt like Austin Powers there. Yeah. But it it, it was an interesting game. It it was it was kind of like Brett Rippon's night. It was it was up, it was down, it was up, it was down. It was are they're going to find a way to lose this? Oh, wait, Brett Rippon's doing the lead block now. That's going to give Melvin Gordon the game ceiling touchdown. So it was it was an interesting game. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, we were entertained, right? We, 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 you know, like I said, are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? This, this is exactly what you were here for. You were here to watch two bad football teams play bad football and put up lots of points and, and it was enjoyable. And so why complain about it? It, it was, it wasn't perfect in, by any stretch of the imagination and I guess the only way you could be a member of Broncos country and be disappointed is if you are someone who had had staunchly jumped onto the tank, right? If you were lose for Lawrence 100% and that's what needs to happen, then, then you're pretty upset right now. But I think most of us were sort of in the middle. We're not quite sure where we're going with how we feel about this season. And I don't think anybody really is going to know until much further down the road anyway. And so... I think this just ends up being enjoyable. There's a little bit of relief to it. There's a, a certain sigh of relief when you're sitting there with at, with an 0-3 record and the team you're playing has an 0-3 record and one of you has to get a win and you're, your team gets the win, you feel better about yourself a little bit. Like I, There's a, a little bit more to smile about. The sun's going to shine a little brighter tomorrow. You're going to wake up in a happier world, as happy as it can be in 2020. And that's fine. That's great. And enjoy it. Like it, like bask in it a little bit, take a day and, and pretend that all is right in the world because, you know, come Saturday, you're going to remember that there are other football teams in the NFL that are playing the next day and that are probably a lot better than the team that you root for. That's just the truth. And it was it was nice to see some of the performances that the Broncos got on Thursday night, and one of which we need to to do now is Bradley Chubb. We've been saying for a couple of weeks that just because he's not getting sacks doesn't mean that he's not on the verge of being Bradley Chubb again. And it's just you can tell the people who stat watch where it's just about sacks. Well, Bradley Chubb's not getting any sacks. Okay, fine. That's not all an edge rusher does, but you can't that that argument is now gone because he had two and a half sacks and he had five quarterback hits. He was disruptive. So yeah. It, it, it was gonna take some time for him to come back, especially with no preseason games and pretty much no training camp. So the fact that he was able to come back on a short week like he did and play the way that Bradley Chubb is accustomed to doing, as I said in the winners and losers, that's the Chubb we all know and love. Everybody loves that Chubb. I mean, there is no doubt about it. That's the Chubb we love. And and if that Chubb can sustain itself throughout the rest of the season, 
we're all going to be very happy with what it does and how it plays on the field. Yeah, it was it was heartwarming and it and it was something that and there's sort of an interesting idea out there that this might be a season where Bradley Chubb has the opportunity to sort of step out from the Von Miller shadow. Von Miller gone for the season essentially. I, I mean, I know there's a chance that he could come back if the Broncos are headed towards the playoffs. He may may target a return date to get back for the playoffs. Let's not let's not count our chickens before they're hatched. That is a Von Miller reference. And let's let's just go ahead and, and enjoy the opportunity that Bradley Chubb has here to really put his stamp on this defense and step into a, a bigger role as a pass rusher and, and as a defender. And and I do think that tonight could be one of those nights that is a confidence boost for him. Uh, one of his sacks was one of those phantom sacks where Sam Darnold essentially sacked himself, but not intentionally. It wasn't like a Peyton Manning, I'm just going to fall down here sack. It was more like the carpet monster jumped up and grabbed him, and Bradley Chubb, Chubb goes and touches him for the sack. That's fine. But your point, the amount of times he was in the backfield, the amount of disruption that he made throughout the game, that's the type of, of game that you want to see from him as he is getting himself back to being in playing shape. And, and that's something that here we are week four. Uh, of course, it's going to take that long, as you said, without those preseason games. So yeah, happy to see him doing well. I, I look forward to a few more sacks from him as the season progresses. The other three I had offensively, and that's Tim Patrick, who had himself a game. Jerry Judy, who we were joking before we started recording. Just come on, man. Pierre Desir, Pierre Desir or Desir or how I don't I know how you Desir. say it. Desir. Desir. He, I mean, when you get a shout out from LeBron James, you're doing something right. Yeah. The, the, I mean, as you said before we started, Pierre Desir has a family, man. You can't do that. You just, you can't do that to him. That's terrible. And, and if you haven't logged in yet, do take a look at the 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 picture that Ian picked for winners and losers. It is the perfect picture of Jerry Judy's catch on that touchdown pass. It is, it's just perfect. It's quintessentially perfect. It is exactly what we're talking about with that disrespect. And then the little, the little, the the gentle trot backwards into the end zone as sort of like the the cherry on top or the exclamation point was like, and. I scored. It was perfect. I absolutely loved it. I watched it several times back and forth because it was such a good catch. And then he just, I love that the kid got to bask in it. He got to enjoy it and and score his first NFL touchdown and hopefully his first of many. And he's got the talent that this, again, we talked about Bradley Chubb kind of breaking out here. This might be sort of one of those things that opens things up for Jerry Judy and gives him sort of that confidence to move forward. Maybe he gets past some of the drops and things like that. And and this is what you're going to see more of as they move forward. And it's also nice to see Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy do this, especially since Cortland Sutton is out with his torn up knee. So that gives you even more, well, what can this offense look like when you get your number one receiver back and you're having this kind of, you're getting these kind of games from Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy. And then the other one is Melvin Gordon. I think I think Melvin Gordon has proven that he deserved that free agent contract that he got from John Elway. Because my key to the game coming into this game was 
they had to run the football with a rookie with a rookie well he he's a rookie with a with a rookie quarterback making his first start in the NFL take the pressure off of him by running the football and Pat Shermer listened Melvin Gordon finished with 23 carries for 107 yards and two touchdowns there was balance on offense so the fact that they were able to do that now that there's talk about Drew Locke potentially coming back for the New England game or potentially the week after that. We can put all this Brett Rippon talk aside. He's not the starter. He may be an adequate backup, but he's not going to be the guy to lead this team. This is still Drew Locke's franchise. Now that he's coming back, you're starting to see glimpses of what this offense can potentially look like. And that's where you can get somewhat excited about what happened with this team, even against a bad Jets team. Yeah, I totally agree. I I do have, and I hope you don't mind, I have a bit of a a point of contention here. I I almost sort of felt like one of the winners in this on your article, and I hope you don't mind me critiquing here, should have been uh, Garrett Bowles. And not necessarily because of the way that he played, because I, he he wasn't as good in this game as he has been in, in previous games. But at the end of that game, with the way that Adam Gase and Greg Williams sort of decided to kind of, I don't know if they were trying to make a point. Uh, you know, if you watch the, the NFL Network's post-game show, Steve Smith was was going off on that. So was Michael Irvin about the way that they continued to attack Brett Rippon when the game was so far out of hand. And and Garrett Bowles was ready to find Adam Gase or Greg Williams and protect his quarterback after the game was over. And and so to me, I just just to sort of add him in here, I definitely think he probably could have been an honorable like myself, he could have been an honorable mention on your winners and losers here because he is he is, if nothing else, a bit of a pit bull who you can send to attack whoever is causing problems for you. And I, I liked to see that he was he was fired up about that and was going to go protect this kid who had a had a pretty up and down game, like you said, but led the Broncos to their first victory. And he was going to protect his quarterback, whoever it was. I, I got a lot of respect for that. Whether he was good at blocking or not, I don't really care. He was going to protect his quarterback, at least in that particular instance. As a defense to myself, it is late, and <laughs> I didn't want to go too crazy. <laughs> Totally respect that. And like I said, I think honorable mention is just fine there. And we can add DeMar Dotson. One of the commenters threw out the fact that he was able to play the way he did in his first start, his first game as a member of the Broncos in place of Elijah Wilkinson. He could probably be on the winner's list too. So like said, it, it's late. We're tired. I'm, it, and then defensively, I'm going to throw out Devontae Bosby. And Benjamin Albright has been on the Devontae, the Devante Bosby train for a while, saying that he should have been the number three cornerback for this team. And I think it's obvious after the way he played tonight that he should have been. So as I said in the winners and losers, hopefully Vic Fangio and the defensive coaching staff keep Bosby on the field as the number three cornerback for this team. And this is something else to keep in mind. A.J. Boye could potentially be coming back against the New England Patriots, so you're going to be getting your number one cornerback back. Again, I 
felt like Austin Powers there. You did you did it well though. You know, I'm gonna give you another one that I, I'm not gonna say you missed, but again, it's late. And I, I think you could have included him. Uh and that's Josie Jewell. Josie Jewell had two sacks tonight. He had two tackles for a loss, uh, eight tackles, two assists. He had he had a pretty good game. I and I don't think uh he was burned uh, at any point that that was really like you know, we've seen him get uh he, we've seen him get abused a little bit by tight ends. I don't think he had that problem uh, against the Jets tonight. I didn't see anything that stood out, and I saw him kind of in every play. He was sort of all over the place. He was kind of what we expected, I think, A.J. Johnson to be. And and A.J. Johnson didn't have a terrible night. Again, he had, he had a sack. Uh, he had he had three tackles and three assists. He had a pretty good game. Uh, but but Josie Jewell with those two sacks uh, and, and eight tackles, I think he was just kind of all over the place. And he, and he definitely deserves a, a sort of an honorable mention here as well. And then the last one that I had on the list was Brandon McManus. Not just for going three for three and not just for nailing two field goals from 50-plus yards, but when they came. They were crucial field goals that helped give them the lead or pad their lead a little bit. So I, I, I like the way Brandon McManus kicked. As for the losers – we need to touch on this because I, I give huge credit to Steve Smith for doing it on NFL Network. What we saw from, from the Jets at the end of that game was complete BS. And I'm not going to give Adam Gase a pass on this. And it's not just because of the of what he did when I was at the Miami game that I put him on the losers list. He's the head coach of an NFL franchise, and he let this happen. But Greg Williams... As Steve Smith said, if it smells like a pig, it looks like a pig, and it's oinking, then guess what, my friend? It's a pig. Greg Williams is all about that BS. The way that game ended shows why Greg Williams should not be in the NFL. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it, Greg Williams is one of those guys where, and, and if you're a Broncos fan from the 90s, Greg Williams is a name where you go, isn't that the defensive quarter, coordinator? when the Broncos won the, uh, the Super Bowls back-to-back. Different Greg Williams. But but this Greg Williams is, he he's, I, you can't really call him a cheat, but you can say that he's dirty. And, and you obviously can tell that his way of thinking when it comes to the game of football is it's beyond old school. It's not just old school. It's it's about finding the the dirtiest way to do something and then trying to make it dirtier. And the, the way that that game ended with some pretty nasty hits, I mean, quite frankly, what, what the Jets pro- – here's the thing. What the Broncos probably should have done was kneeled, was taken a knee on fourth down and said, here you go, try. You can't win anyway. There's not enough time, so here you go. But I understand not wanting to just hand the football back to your opponent. And so the Jets, in all of their uh, attempts to, I don't know, affect the game in some way – ended up just doing it dirty and and it really kind of ruined for some people the end of that game if you're if you're not a bronco fan you're just a fan of the game and you were just watching the end to to sort of be there you really kind of end up walking away from that going well that was just that was just not that's not what i was here for and so to see a a greg williams led defense continue to show that they are incapable that he is incapable of changing the way that he does things even after being suspended and essentially blackballed from the league for a couple of years 
because of uh, of the bounty gate situation in in New Orleans, to me that's that's a pretty damning uh, sort of statement there that you've got a player who played against him for all those years who says, look, this is just the way he coaches. This this is the the type of coach that he is. How is the type of coach that he is someone who is still allowed to be a coach in the National Football League? It shouldn't happen anymore, and and it should be investigated by the league. I totally agree with that, and I think Adam Gase's role in this needs to be investigated as well because just like with Bounty Gate, Sean Payton knew about it. Sean Payton was suspended because of Bounty Gate. So the head coach knows. Nothing happens with an NFL team, an NFL locker room, or any decisions that are made are not known by the head coach. So absolutely, this the amount of roughing the passer penalties that have been committed by the Jets over the first four games of this season is ridiculous, and I I I don't understand it. It there are some guys in this league who get a pass. Think of how many times Mike McCoy has been hired as an offensive coordinator. Just look at the Jets. We touched on this. Mike Greenberg had a great analysis of. Is he really an offensive mastermind? And then laid out all the reasons he's not when he hasn't had Peyton Manning. It's the same thing with Greg Williams. Why is he still in the league? It's all about who you know. I totally get it. But it, it just it makes no sense to me. And, and I commend Vic Fangio for being the professional that he was. And instead of making it a situation where it could have blown up. He just told everyone to get to the effing locker room. Didn't shake Adam Gase's hand. He shouldn't have. And shame on Brandon Stokely for not knowing better. You played in the National Football League. Don't come out with your hot takes because that's what your radio station does and think that you can get away with that. You played in the National Football League. We dealt with your racist BS after the Chiefs game. Now you're doing this. Yeah, uh, Brandon Stokely is is a clown. He's 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 the clown that drives the clown car, and uh, we have we've made you and I have made a pretty conscious effort to not go after guys uh, in the media and Denver media. It's it's just not necessary. I think most of the time, I think we generally uh, feel like it's it's a tough job, and maybe we disagree with people uh, and and don't necessarily have the same uh, viewpoints, and so we try and avoid attacking people for doing their job. I get that Brandon Stokely has a job, but when you, when you look at what happened at the end of that game and your thought is it's football, you're, you you got to protect your quarterback. I, I, I agree. And, and Joe Thomas on NFL network even sort of said some of the same things. You, you got to protect your quarterback uh, and, and you can't let that happen to your quarterback. I, I don't disagree with that statement and that's fine. But to essentially say it's not, it's not on Greg Williams to not be a dirty player, to not be a dirty coach, excuse me, is it's, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, and you're, you're in the Denver market. You are a, a, a media member in the Denver market. You are talking to primarily fans of the Denver Broncos. And your decision at that point is to incite fans. I, I get it. Maybe you are looking for ratings. Maybe you truly feel that way. I, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe that is how 
uh, Brandon Stokely feels uh, uh, about Greg Williams and about what happened on the field. That's fine if that's the way he feels, but he's wrong. And, and, and I think that that's something that has to be said here. That particular way of looking at it is wrong. And there is a change in the NFL. The NFL has changed. It has changed, I think, in, in many, many ways for the better because it is about player safety. It is about understanding that when you're a player in the NFL, every other player on the field in some way is your brother. Because you're all out there for a finite amount of time. You only get so much time on the field in the NFL. And, you know, all of us former athletes who who made it, you know, as far as, as high school sports, maybe you played a little bit of college, you know that when your time's up, your time is up and you don't get to go back. And for a lot of these guys, this is their livelihood. For a lot of these guys, this is their one shot. And to have a, a defensive coordinator out there who is instigating and creating an atmosphere of, of dirty play that is dangerous to the point of costing guys their careers is unnecessary. And then to have somebody supporting that, I, I agree with you. I, it, it is, it, it's frustrating to say the least to have that, to have that be sort of a part of, of what happened at the end of that game there. But I don't think, and this is important here. I don't think it should take away from the fact that, that when you look at what went on in that game today, when you or tonight on Thursday Night Football, you saw a Denver Broncos team that, if nothing else, wasn't willing to roll over and die. There, there were times when they could have. There were moments when they could have said, this isn't working out. We're the Denver Broncos, and this year the Denver Broncos are bad. They gave up the lead at the end of the game. I mean, the, the Jets came back and, and took the lead, and the Broncos were able to score 10 points after that and put the game away. To me, that says a lot about it. If nothing else, the heart of the players on this team and the and the fact that we've t- we talked about this a lot. There is a there is this idea that this Broncos team is headed in the right direction. I still think that the Broncos are headed in the right direction. I still think that there is enough fight in this team and enough understanding of what what it is to be in the National Football League that the guys on this team are going to find a way to be successful. Maybe that translates into a, a, the number one pick in the draft. I doubt it at this point. And maybe it translates into when Drew Locke comes back, they find a way to go 8-8 eight and eight again or, 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 or get back to a winning record. I don't know. I, I can't even predict anything with this team right now. But what I do know is they're going to continue to fight. They're going to continue to put, to put the effort in to be winners and, and put a good product out on the field. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, I guess that's the world we live in right now. And I think that's the the main takeaway is at least they go into this mini buy with that winning feeling for the first time with all the injuries on a short week, they still went in and got their first win of the season. They didn't roll over and die. And now they can have some confidence. They can enjoy the weekend. They can get some guys back healthy. As I mentioned earlier, A.J. Boye could probably be back for that New England game. That'll be a boon for this defense. Philip Lindsay could potentially be back. There is debate and talk whether or not he would play against the Jets. So there are there's some, some positives to take away from this game, even though it was an up-and-down game, it was against a bad Jets team, and the way it ended there's still a lot of positives that you can take from this and they can build on it. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. 
Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.